Welcome to We Think, We Talk, sponsored by Select Care Pharmacy, a pharmacy that is non-retail, but that services the smallest of group homes to the largest of skilled nursing facilities with prompt attention and care and world-class customer service. Welcome back to the Continued Conversation Part 2 with Jerry Caitlin Pageant, Executive Director of Wren Hospice. <laughs> well, what I, you know what was my pet peeve, and I think it still is, that a lot of people miss, and and I think I think this is if it's my pet peeve, this has to be many people's pet peeve mm-hmm. is n- missing a valuable piece of information that someone is trying to tell you or you fail to even ask that would totally change the dynamics of how we help them. Well, and that's where you um, I'm definitely want to compliment you uh, again on, on something um, that. You took the time to just chat. Everyone's t- everyone knows you like to talk, right? I like to talk. <laughs> That's why we're doing this. Yeah. Right, right. right. But but people miss, people don't understand. I had to sit through a lot of that talking. Yeah. And at first I was like, man, this man likes to talk. Right. Like, we're, this is like, I mean, my interview with him was two hours long, and I don't <laughs> think he asked my strengths, my weaknesses. Nah. It was just ha- having a conversation. Mm-hmm. But we got so far mm-hmm. by just talking, just communicating. Well, you have to admit, let's go back to your interview for a minute. <laughs> now, see, I wasn't even going to bring that up. The strangest interview ever. But now you think back on that interview, I got deeper mm-hmm. into you mm-hmm. as far as who you really were. Just by having the conversation than I could by asking those those ten questions that were pre printed that everybody asked. Well, you treated you treated me um, with as a friend and with mm-hmm. respect, mm-hmm. and you just kind of were wanting to get to know me, right? And it it really just allowed me to take my guard down, right? Which I had a, lots of guards up at that right, point in did. my life, and I mean, really, you kind of to crack my shell. It took about six months, but <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Okay, yeah, there. That's that's a whole other episode. That's yeah. hilarious. I had gone through some some traumatic times in my life, and I had a pretty guard, pretty big guards up. Um, and now, thankfully, now that I don't have um those those many, she would creep around, and you wouldn't even know where she's at. Like she would just like go eat lunch by herself and not talk to anybody, and it would be like, wow, yep. you know what's wrong, but. I get that though, but almost like pantsuits with you know <laughs> right. my, my little button-down Brooks Brothers shirt and my little right. glasses on. I was, was kind of a little nerd, and uh, um, but, but no, a but, prude, as yeah. you say. <laughs> I w- yeah, it was it was um, I was had a lot of guards up, but just that that first interview, um, I walked away and I was like, that was just so nice to have someone that just wanted to chat, just wanted to just wanted to talk, and I think that you did that with a lot of folks, and it broke down a lot of barriers. To where you could service them better than anyone else because you had just gotten to know them. Just and, and this is what I think works. I think if you know, in our world of healthcare, we're going to be put in some very stressful situations, mm-hmm. and the average person that chose not to do healthcare obviously chose it for a reason because it's really difficult of what you have to go through and see sometimes. The conversations you have to have with people, families, even clients. Tough. Um, and and like I said earlier, it's twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. So you never, I never had a chance to let my guard down. It always had to be up. And and I can promise you guys, when my phone would ring, and still to this day, I have PTSD off my phone ringing. Right. right. Well, you always had to be on point. Because, on point. Because you did make yourself available. Right. Yeah. And, and I mean, I did it to myself. So I mean, it, in all fairness. I'm the one that said I'm available 24 hours a day. But you made but you made a difference that way. But mm-hmm. what made it easier for me 
is the reason I interviewed that way. And especially, you know, in a key position such as yours or because you were already an interview stressful for people, you oh, know, yeah. um, for most people, there was one person, uh, we'll say her name, Tanya, that it was completely <laughs> unstressful for Tanya just straight up said, I had asked Tanya a question during our interview and, and we'll go into that in a minute. And basically I said, you know, you know, what's a good reason I would hire you? She, she basically said, you'd be stupid if you didn't. I mean, that, that was her exact word. So I had to hire her because I love that. I mean, that was crazy, but knowing most people go into an interview uh, and I, you know, I know it's so stressful, but watching somebody compose themselves and all of a sudden have to have a normal conversation with a person they've never met will let you know a lot about that person, how they'll interact with people also that come into the community or the hospital or the building that they've never met and still how they're going to react and treat them. Yeah, because then, they have to be more authentic yes. than the structured questions that have, of a typical interview. That's right. And, you know, there's something you can find out about someone real quick about how, how sympathetic or even empathetic they are by just talking with them because right. we tend to forget that, that people that we work with are human. Mm-hmm. And they have the same exact situations in life that we do. And if you can get on the same board with them to let them know that you're also human, mm-hmm. um, you had that same problem happen before, you've you've lost a loved one before, you know what it feels like, all those things. Yep, relate to someone and treat them as an equal. You know, and if I could tell, well, I'm going to ask you this. I'm going to let you do this because I think this would be better served. Any new administrator coming in or wanting to be an administrator in any field of healthcare, what would be your advice to them? Well, you know, um, I think see yourself as someone that needs to come in and get to know your staff, mm-hmm. get to know the people that you serve, mm-hmm. um, be approachable mm-hmm. and listen. Mm-hmm. Don't come with your preconceived notions. Mm-hmm. Try to have as much of a blank slate as you can mm-hmm. and then start building your foundation. Mm-hmm. It's almost like building a house. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you have to, you know, uphold that house, but that's your responsibility. Mm-hmm. But you've really got to set the foundation of of listening, asking questions, mm-hmm. um, showing that you truly care. Mm-hmm. Um, and thank being appreciative of each person that you work with, Mm -hmm. um, and also treating people as equals, Mm -hmm. um, you know, titles are titles. Mm -hmm. I think just getting the foundation is we're all people here trying to have it with, trying to have this cause or whatever our mission is, whatever mission your company has. Right. Um, I think that is the best way to come, come forth. And then, and then do, um, almost, you know, when you're trying to make decisions, I always try and get opinions. Not every opinion is going to be the best. No. Um, you know, but at, but, least, at least someone had one. But at least you let them let them have a voice. And mm-hmm. then from those voices, collectively make a decision right. versus just assuming and having being like authoritative. Um, yeah. Or, or more like a dictator, you know. Um, that's that's kind of my thought process. It's just go in it almost blank slate where you you. you want to hear from your staff and, and want to treat them as equals. You know, and I completely agree with that a thousand percent. And the thing that I've learned, the word thank you. Appreciation. Is 
so unbelievably powerful. Kindness and appreciation go really far. And 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 also one thing I've learned too, the word I'm sorry. Did you know in the state of South Carolina, you know I'm gonna say this, right? <laughs> so, I had to laugh, y'all. He sees it on my face and you can't uh, see it. Yeah, you can't I've see heard this. this a couple times. <laughs> but but when you say I'm sorry, that that word in the state of South Carolina, and I forget wh- where it's at, and but you can look it up does not mean that you're admitting to guilt or that you caused the problem or anything of that nature. But we tend to not use that word as much as we should because that goes also very, very far. Um, Now, one of the hardest parts of effective leadership in making sure that clients and residents have the very best are going to be that select few, very few, but of staff members that unfortunately we have to say goodbye to. They're not working within what the company needs or not meeting the objectives of what goals you have set forth or or policies you put in place or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And approaching that is tough because – we're also human, like we spoke with earlier, so we know the ramifications that come with that. One thing that I learned a long time ago is a lot of times those people actually know they're not a right fit. And when I had to let them go, essentially, I found a way to do it and still be friends. And I would work to help choice because they you came to the almost helping them realize that this isn't the right fit for them either. Well, I would also try to make you know if if they were good people, you know, but just necessarily the job wasn't for them. I would genuinely try to still give them recommendations and try to make phone calls to get them in a position where they could succeed. Right. Because healthcare is not for everybody, you know, and you know some people are too too bold. Or brass, I guess you could say. I don't, personalities. I don't, the personalities, <laughs> and some people are just are just too too emotionally uh, driven to do the job. Because mm-hmm. um, you have to be strong. You have to be. You have a strong heart. You have to be kind. Mm-hmm. But the things that you that you see, the things that you have to deal with, and the honesty you have to have, because if you think about it, what a lot of people don't understand that aren't in our industry is that for every one client that you have, you have two to three family members that are calling you at separate times. Yeah. Uh, yes. And that will consume your day quickly. Unless you have a staff that is also genuinely honest and they can speak on the same page of what you're going to speak, but when that comes to your training, your ability to train them to know what you're going to think. Like I know you guys, when we were all were a team several mm-hmm. years ago, I could – I could not be there and know that every word that would come out of your mouth or anybody else's mouth would be the exact thing that I would say. And it would be the truth of the situation. It's it's just like a, it's like a team. It's like sports. You know, you know the you know the game that you're playing and each team member, you know, a linebacker is not necessarily the same as a quarterback, but right. they know what you know, they they know the plays. They and know the plays. and coming together and communicating as a as a team treating, you know, valuing your team members, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's many times that, you know, I would go th- and talk with people and I would have, you know, have a conversation with them and then I would introduce them to you and you would, you would have the exact same, that same similar conversation with 
the same truths. Right. We might say it a little different, sure. But what what the foundation of what was being said? We were on the same page. Mm-hmm. Now I had to ask you this. Here's a here's something. What is the funniest thing you've experienced through your journey through healthcare that just still today, like you have to laugh about? Oh gosh, there's been so many times. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, we've we've had you know it's a very tough industry. But you have to find humor. Humor is healthy. Yes. Um, laughter is, oh, you know, you've, oh, that same old, everyone's heard this, laughter <laughs> yes. and medicine is good medicine, right? It, it is, it is. Um, and it, it is true, especially in what you do, um, what we do, that can be so sad at times and so difficult at times. Um, but we've had so many times that we've just, we've laughed. And, and I, a lot of times they're just running through my head and it would take too long to to um, describe it. But um Human nature, I think, mm-hmm. just some of the times the people that we've we've worked with and and some <laughs> of their responses to things and you know haven't you know humans are human and we sometimes aren't logical and um, <laughs> not logical at all. Some of the just people's behavior in general can just crack me up. I mean, I wish I wish I. What, would have oh, had I, t- more time to think about that one because there, there's so many times running through my head. I mean, I can remember some folks that weren't even on the schedule for an an activity mm-hmm. dressed quite um, like I think they were kind of dressed like hillbillies. They were putting on a show, <laughs> um, and they were not on our schedule. They were. They were. Con- I mean, they were actually kind of con artists, to be quite quite honest. That was my moment too. Okay, so you're <laughs> we're, we're we're on the same page with this one. <laughs> And that, and seeing that lady fly past, going towards his office to go and yell and scream that they were on the schedule. We knew they weren't. The activities director following behind this lady running down the hall to go to your office. It was so funny. And then all of a sudden, let me take over that. And so all of a sudden, Jerry, Caitlin, and all her wonderful friends decided, you know what? We're just going to lead them straight to Andy's office. And here is here here are two entertainers that. that look like they make moonshine. <laughs> And, it, and had told me they had bus issues and they had been sleeping in their van, first of all. They and they had, had like piggy tails. Beavis and Butthead van. Yes, yes, like a Beavis and Butthead van. <laughs> and they come stomping in my office. And when I say stomping, the floor is moving, okay? It is moving. The and ground's they, shaking. The ground shaking. And they stomp in my office and said, we here to sing. And I'm like, what? Hovering over him. Yes. They're, 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 my, my desk is was a normal-sized desk, and they were like leaned over the desk. In a very small office. Yes, very- the, the broom closet, <laughs> as we called it, and demanded money. And I said, who are you? I, where, where are you from? We a singing group. I said, really? Are you? And it was the the weirdest thing, and I tried to say, well, I don't know you, and and we 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 didn't have anything scheduled. I mean, I don't know where they came from, and they showed up, so they all stomped out and laughed. I say they all because that was exactly how they came into me. It was like English of a time way past. I mean, unbelievable. And then the more I think about that, the more I think that it, that's how they probably normally dress. They were in 100%. overalls, stomping boots, pigtails, pigtails tied with burlap, and extravagant makeup. It, extravagance, not even the word. It's like you dipped your face into like a bucket <laughs> of something. 
And and what scared me the most is that they had to pass so many residents to get to my office that I thought it was going to be traumatic for the residents. Oh, I couldn't imagine. Actually, we got more residents out of their, their the, than the activities director at the time could get people out of their room. But <laughs> I remember going home that night. It thinking, was entertainment, and we. <laughs> They, yeah, we did, they weren't even on the schedule, and they were just stomping around yelling at Andy. And they were right when they cranked up the van. It sounded like you know they had forgot a muffler, and they pulled out of there. <laughs> and you know I don't know where they went, how they, but that, that was just the craziest thing. I think it was the funny moments like that occurred all the time. All the time. Some we can't talk about. That's, no, that's some we thing. can't talk about because it, it would just be some of the things the staff would, right, would do, and, right. and you but, know. But like you just have to understand that golf people, cart accidents. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, when you have a golf cart on property, there's going to be things. Oh, yes. If you want, if you do want to laugh, just have a golf cart on your property, and something strange will happen. Something strange will happen. Yeah, um, pretty much. And <laughs> you know, I mean, we've had we've we've just we've experienced a lot of funny things that we're, and I'm glad we have because it, we've been able to take that with us, especially days when you know it's hard. It's hard. And it gives you something. Um, here's something I was going to ask you, because this is something that now a lot of people are facing. I, I got called uh, by a mutual friend of ours, actually. We hadn't talked, me and you hadn't even talked about this yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of assisted livings, private assisted livings right now, are increasing their uh, rates yes. dramatically. Yes, they are. Yeah. And a which is causing a lot of families now to have to find new placement because of money. Yeah. Uh, the economy is definitely affecting um, everything, Everything, but especially these, these long-term care facilities. The, 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 I can just say this before we get into this. I mean, I, I can tell you this from the trucking industry, you know, they're having to wait on parts Shipping. being shipped, shipped, mm-hmm. you know, you know, I have two boys, both in college, live at home. You know, the, you, you, she knows my boys since they were kids, okay? But I had this standing list every week of what I buy. You know, the cereal that they like and all this. And these are two big boys. So, you know, let's just be honest. But but I went to a grocery store that I go to all the time and bought the exact same list. So the list does not change. I mean, I didn't pick up anything extra or do anything special. I bet you a lot of it wasn't there. Uh, it was there, okay. but it was 40% more than oh, I had paid yep. a week before. 40%. Yep. yep. And I was like, wow. So a lot of... If it was even there, that's what I've run into. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, luckily, every, well, I mean, you know, Count Chocula, you can count on, you know. <laughs> and I mean, the stuff, I mean, you know, you, no one, ate, you know what they, ate. I mean, it's it's got, if it's bread, meat, you know, I mean, that's kind of the deal. But... <laughs> It was all there, but it was just like milk was so expensive. So expensive. You don't realize that, you know, you used to pay 99 cents for 12 eggs. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden you're paying $2.37. That still seems cheap, but that's such a markup that, you know, at the end of the month you feel that. Yeah, that I'm crunch. having to just, I'm no longer doing Eglin's Best no more. I'm doing that, whatever the pink carton the is. The pink carton. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. Yeah. Pink medium egg, you know. Um, no more um, spotted egg or, no, you no, know, no. grass, whatever grass. No, I, I, nope. Just, just give me. You know, and, and luckily, you know, where I live now, I, I'm, I'm trying to support local. Okay. I think that's really important. 
That's how um, we're going to survive. I, I mean, really, and I am. And, and I found some places that, you know, for like, I'll just tell you this. This particular grocery store on my list was a five-pound bag of Granny Smith apples. Okay. It was ten ninety nine. I thought to myself, but yet somebody can go through a fast food drive through and get a meal for like two bucks. Yeah. But it's, uh, trying to make a healthy decision is expensive. I mean, it really is. It sure is. So I know our private facilities, they're being faced with higher food costs. They're being faced with all of these things. So that's probably contributing to a lot of the rates increasing. Okay. What would you say to family members that can't afford anymore or within that community? How would you tell them to approach the community maybe for some more time? And and what would you tell them to do to start and how to look at other communities for that can also help their their loved one to meet them where they're at? I think that's a it's a it's a tough question, but I think it goes back to knowing the people that you serve mm-hmm. and and also another thing like I've talked small business first corporate being able to kind of have the authority mm-hmm. to change rules around mm-hmm. somewhat because mm-hmm. you do have to treat people fairly right and you do have to have standards right. but being able to work with folks mm-hmm. to best serve them mm-hmm. and to keep them because it's their home right. And to keep able to keep them in their home, whether that be you know whatever type of you know mm-hmm. long term care facility it is, mm-hmm. um, keep them there. Um, I think it's devastating to move, especially you know someone with dementia that's been there that has a routine, and all of a sudden now they're struck with a situation where it's gone up. I'm talking, I'm not talking a hundred dollars or seventy five dollars. I'm talking about a call that I got that it was literally going up two thousand dollars a month. Um. In, in this particular situation, this person has dementia, and it would be quite traumatic for a move. Um, I think everyone has to be willing to roll up their sleeves in this situation, mm-hmm. you know, um, rather than it's almost like we all kind of have to take take a hit on things mm-hmm. um, rather than just hitting getting hit in one area. Kind of like that. that I, I hope I'm kind of explaining that. Yeah, you are. In, in a good way, there. Um, we all we all have that's to a tough kind of, question. we all have to make sacrifices, mm-hmm. and I think that's where these companies need to realize is that you know not just cutting cutting some someone you got to get to know them, and you have to re- renegotiate mm-hmm. renegotiate so that you all can survive. Mm-hmm. Just cutting in one area is is not going to work. No. You've got to be willing to sacrifice in all different areas in order to be successful through the tough times. I think a lot of folks are forgetting to reach out to their vendors and work with their vendors. And because I know the vendors costs have gone up, but yet the vendors don't want to totally lose business. So renegotiate. Yeah. Renegotiate. If the vendors are, you know, can, of course the prices have gone up, but if you can slightly decrease that, then that means you can slightly decrease you know, the room rate a little more and you might could get it to a fair point where everybody can still adjust because if everything changes and happens so bad at one time, it's going to resort to having buildings that fold that will be totally empty, whether it be, you know, for private industry. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Medicare, Medicaid situations, not being specific with the numbers, but, you know, their costs are rising too, but those numbers haven't changed of what they pay. So some people are choosing to close those type communities just because there's no profit margin there at all. I mean, it's a losing battle. And then we're going to be stuck, especially with, you know, we love APS. We work with those guys all all around the state mm-hmm. with so many people to be placed that are unplaceable. Well, and I've always thought it was, it was, it's interesting to me. And I mean, you've talked about this a number of times and now it's even more evident from, from kind of what everyone is kind of going through right now, kind of tough time is, um, is the fact that profit is still profit. Mm-hmm. When you, well, I've never really quite understood when people just try and totally cut things off. Mm-hmm. You know, renegotiate because profit's profit. You mm-hmm. know, you're going to turn around, and if you've cut cut a number of things, you know, you're not going to have any anything. Mm-hmm. You know, a profit margin, no, no matter you know, now how slim or how great, mm-hmm. is still profit. Mm-hmm. Progress is still progress. Profit is still profit. And sometimes we are going to have to see our margins go down somewhat to survive through the tough times. But you know, cutting things. With the, in, in the in the most vulnerable areas, mm-hmm. I just don't see where that's going to help people survive long term. Well, no, that's that's true. I think we all have to go in and definitely um, sacrifice. We all have, sure. uh, and through the years we've had to. You know, I, I've certainly never been through a pandemic like we have now, but I mean, we've been through some things and you know still make it work. Um, I do want to wrap it up with this because you are the executive director of Ren Hospice, which I. And Ren Hospice is not paying me, so I can say this just personally. I've had great experience with with Ren Hospice. I mean, and, and I'm a huge fan of hospice. You know this. Um, I think the value is just unreal that people th- that don't know really what hospice is, um, they hear about it, but people think hospice is a place. They do. They don't realize that that it's a service. Service, right? So just give our listeners just a good definition of what hospice is and what what hospice can offer that they may sure. not know. Sure. So um, hospice is when you're looking towards towards end of life, mm-hmm. um, you know, when someone does have something that is terminal, mm-hmm. so they know that this is going, we're getting towards that end of life. Mm-hmm. Um, but hospice is just, to me, it just adds to life. Yes, um, I agree. It, it, it is truly about breaking it down to humanity, mm-hmm. being, you know, um, we come in, we have nurses, we have, um, you know, health, home home health aides, you mm-hmm. know, our CNAs. Um, we have our chaplains mm-hmm. that provide the spiritual support, mm-hmm. our social workers who are amazing um, yes. that actually connect you, connect families with resources and are, and are there to kind of um, help talk through a lot of this type of, Type counseling, even in our chaplains as well, um, and in it we can go in the home, mm-hmm. we can go in a facility. Mm-hmm. We follow the patient as long as you're within our service area, and we serve you know we serve the upstate. Um, we can meet you where you're at, and what our, our goal is is that at the end of life, for you to have the best quality of life, and you actually gain a whole team of people that are just there to to do that, just that. Their mm-hmm. goal is to do just that. 
Um, and it, we also service the families that are involved with that. That and that's what I find so comforting because it gives your client that is an end life comfort knowing that they have a support team around their family. That's right. We have a bereavement coordinator that we actually, um, I, I, as her to her title, we discussed it. We now have her title as a family support specialist mm. because you know, um, not only is she going to be working with that patient, but she works with the family during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, it is so challenging, but also following up after that person has passed right. and following up with that family. So it, it is a, it's a, you gain a whole support network mm-hmm. of that you, that you have access to mm-hmm. when, during the most, one of the most challenging times. Right. Um, and and it, it's, it's pretty amazing um, and, and miraculous yes. um, what what our team does and um, I've just I'm just been so blessed um, to to join such a wonderful group that we have the ability to to provide those services to those families well and and I certainly will finish by saying that over the years um, I have used Ren hospice and I've used many other hospice services and you know for anyone that you know and we're all going to face, um, a situation in our life when we have family members and loved ones uh, that are terminally ill. Um, and bringing in hospice for so many families that I've seen um, really does take away so much of the anxiety and takes away so much of the stress because there's so many team members that you guys have at Rent Hospice that truly step in and, and tell you the next step and what to expect. And even the after um, after the client passes, the support that's there, I know it's, uh, I, I know it's for a year, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have that counseling and that grief moment. So it's not just while your, your loved one is, is terminally ill, it's after. And in hospice, it does a wonderful job with aftercare. And uh, so certainly if you have any questions or you're running into that, um, feel free to give Jerry Caitlin a call at Wren Hospice. Yes. Uh, she would love to go over, um, you know, what they do more in detail and certainly meet her team. Sure. Uh, they're all wonderful people. I know we're kind of wrapping up here, but I, I just two things kind of sure. popped in my head as far as, you know, there are a number of, of hospices out there. And right. it is true, you know, finding the right fit, just like how we do with communities, right. Um, the right fit at the right time. But you know, someone had asked, you know, a question about what, how are we different? Yes. And um, I was really impressed by one of my community liaisons, um, um, Gina. Mm-hmm. She she answered that question to someone that asked her, and she said, well, my team starts out together every single morning with prayer requests. Mm-hmm. Prayer requests for our patients, mm-hmm. prayer requests for, you know, their own in their own personal mm-hmm. life. And one of our chaplains each morning Praise over us, mm-hmm. and and that's such a beautiful start mm-hmm. to a day of service. It is, and so that where I thought that was, you know, um, give credit to her, to Miss Gina um, that, that that she she picked up on that, and that right. that that has made a difference to all of us. Um, we come together just to start to help to want want the best for one another and the best for our patients, and to care about one another and to know about what everyone's going on. The next thing, you know, is, is I really like the fact that we're not corporately owned. Right. Um, we have just wonderful, compassionate 
owners. Um, and you know, that kind of goes across our company and being a small company like that. I mean, the other day we had a gentleman we were trying to serve that he had one, I think he had a hospital gown Mm -hmm. and that was it. He had no clothing. Right. I didn't have to question what my owners would want me to do. Mm -hmm. I told one, I asked one of my nurses, I said, here's the credit card. Will you go buy this man some clothes? Yes. And that is all the difference. I didn't, I, I knew that that's, they want, would want me to do that. Yes. And so it's just breaking it down and, and, you know, really just being human and loving one another. Right. And I can say without a shadow of a doubt, like I said, you know, I, I'm not sponsored or paid by your group. You know, mm-hmm. I asked you, to, you know, to come on just because we've had so many years together, and I know it'd be a great conversation. Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm just glad to talk. We, we've killed our time, hey. I mean, literally. But at the same time, I know your team. I do personally know a lot of your team members, and you know, it it is. It's not a big. You don't feel like it. It's not so big where you don't know who works with you, and right. that's so important because it's such a small, very connected team that I feel like, you know, since you guys are able to communicate with each other, the families and their needs and the clients and their needs get met quickly. Mm-hmm. And that's what is super, super important. Right. But I do want to finish out with thank you very much for coming. Yes, I always enjoy, um, we, we yeah, always love talking. Yeah, uh, we, could, we could actually sit there and do this for probably 20, 12 hours without even, you know, missing a beat Absolutely. on there. But we probably get some more funny stories about yeah, what we've yeah, in the past. And I'm sure um, you'd definitely be on more uh, the, to more topics. I didn't even really get to every topic I wanted to, but I, but I definitely wanted to get it across. And I thank all of our listeners out there uh, and, and definitely continue to listen. And certainly our sponsor, Select Care Pharmacy. Um, they're wonderful. Um, of course, Select Care Pharmacy is a non-retail pharmacy that services from the smallest of boarding homes to the largest of um, skilled nursing facilities, and uh, we're privately owned as well. Uh, so, um, you know, with a small team, and so mm-hmm. we connect with each other, we talk to each other, and we meet the facility's needs. So feel free to give Select Care Pharmacy a call at 864 864- Nine three four eight nine five zero. If you have any questions that you need a good pharmacy or facility, but we appreciate you listening to we listen we talk uh, with Andy Garrison. Anything about healthcare, and we uh, thank uh, Jerry Caitlin Pageant to be our co our co host this week. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to We Think We Talk. All information discussed on this show is for entertainment purposes only. Please contact your medical or healthcare professional for more medical advice.